Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of The Silent Suicide. I'm your host, Jacole Martinez, and thank you so much for tuning in. As you know, I start every episode with a dedication to Melanie. Melanie, I love you, I miss you, and I hope you're looking down on me, smiling and laughing. I also like to extend a prayer to those of you listening who may be considering suicide at this very moment. I want you to know that you are loved, you are worthy, and you deserve to live. Now, before we get started with this week's episode, I wanted to bring something up. It was something that happened to me a few days ago, and I thought that it was worth mentioning. I received a very lengthy and nasty message from a med student on one of my Reddit threads, and they were very disapproving of my podcast. And they felt that I was trying to give medical advice or that I was putting out false information. For those of you who have listened to pretty much all of my previous episodes, I always emphasize that I am not a doctor. I am not in the medical field. My sole purpose of this podcast is to raise awareness and end the stigma of suicide. I consider myself a mental illness advocate and a suicide prevention advocate. And I take that responsibility very seriously. And I want to assure you that I take a lot of time each week to research these topics. And I'm simply going off of reputable websites and books and different mediums. So I never want these episodes to be taken as medical advice. And I hope that it's not coming across that way. Again, I'm just trying to raise awareness. And ultimately, I'm trying to save lives. And that is my life's mission. And I will continue to do this podcast for the rest of my life. And I knew it was only going to be a matter of time before I received a negative review. And that's okay. That's to be expected. So I just wanted to kind of clear the air about that. And to let you know that that med student is not going to deter me from my mission and he's not going to dull my sparkle, so to speak, about doing this podcast. So let's get into it. I decided to talk about another personality disorder this week. I have done one before and it was episode 12. And that was a borderline personality disorder. So if you haven't checked that one out, I encourage you to do so. I really learned a lot during that episode, and my hope is that you will too. I'm going to start with a story. 
and it's not my story. I went to mind.org, which is a fantastic website, and they had personal stories of people who have been afflicted with antisocial personality disorder. And I really found it fascinating what this author had to say. And so I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to go over what the actual disorder is. This was written June of 2017 by a man named Andrew. My name is Andy. I am 33 years old. I am diagnosed as having severe antisocial personality disorder. This is the clinical diagnosis, which is synonymous with the words psychopath or sociopath. You might have some ideas about what that means, and therefore what sort of person I might be, and you wouldn't be alone. A quick Google of this diagnosis will reveal a character assassinating portrait of a person incapable of empathy and hell-bent on destruction of themselves, others, or both. While this may happen in some instances, it does not happen in all of them, contrary to what the media would have you believe. I know that because my life is not how they say it is or should be. Here's what it's actually like. I was born in 1984 to a woman who had no maternal instincts and neglected all of her children. My biological father had schizophrenia, took drugs, and later killed himself. This meant that at only a few months old, I was taken by social services and placed into a foster home. Then, at just over two years old, I was adopted. I was brought into a family that have shown me so much love and understanding throughout my life that it is truly incredible. A lot of people idolize their parents, but mine really are amazing. I have yet to meet two other people who are so loving and compassionate. But then between the ages of 7 and 10 years old, I was sexually abused by a friend's older brother. My parents were unable to stop it at the time, as they didn't know it was happening. I never told anyone until afterwards. It is the belief of the psychiatrists that I was genetically predisposed to an antisocial, psychopathic personality, and the combination of a disrupted early two years of life and the later sexual abuse triggered it. During and after the sexual abuse, I became more aggressive and violent. As a child, anger seemed to be my only way to express how I felt. Although looking back, I have no memory of any feelings. To this day, if I think any of the things that happened during those years, I see them very clearly, but with no emotion attached. This is something which is true of all my memories from this time, not just the abuse. The abuse stopped because we moved house from my father's work, but my behavior continued to deteriorate, especially during my teenage years. I was angry and hostile. My behavior led me to being excluded from school, 
and I was violent towards animals. Even though I had plenty of friends and was popular at school, inside I felt like I didn't fit in. When I grew up and found out my diagnosis, I knew that that was the reason why. At the age of 16, I was seen by a top clinical psychologist. He assessed me, and despite being completely honest with him, he gave me a, quote, certificate of sanity, laughed, and sent me on my way. Looking back, it was clear I was not okay. Two years ago, I requested all my medical records, and I was able to read what he had written, what my parents had said to him, and also what my primary care doctor had mentioned. I am still truly astonished that being a psychologist with the reputation he had, he could not see what was clearly sat right in front of him. If he had, it is possible that my life would have taken a very different course. I had no clear path in life, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Even now, all these years later, I still don't. I have ideas about things and careers, but because I'm perpetually bored, it's hard to do something that is satisfying in the long term. People with careers and goals that they can throw themselves into and be passionate about, I am completely unable to do that. Through a job I got as a door supervisor, I met people involved in all sorts of criminal activity. By the time I was 21, I was one of them, and I got my first conviction for robbery. However, I hid this from my family and friends and continued life as normal. The doctors prescribed me antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication, which seemingly just dulled my senses slightly, but did nothing in addressing the underlying problem. And not once was I ever told what was wrong with me. I lived a double life. On one side, I was a self-employed computer tech, and on the other, I was a serious criminal. This continued until I ended up in court again. I was told that I would probably go to prison. My partner was pregnant, and I would miss the birth of my daughter and likely the first few years of her life if I went to prison. Not to mention the thought of being trapped in a cell was terrifying. It was at this point, while trying to better myself, that I was finally told my diagnosis was severe antisocial personality disorder. I had gone to seek help because I thought I potentially had ADHD, a fairly logical conclusion because of my impulsive thrill-seeking behavior and low boredom threshold. After being told my diagnosis, I was then able to understand how and why I behaved the way I did. My life made a little bit more sense. As I am now, I know I would never go back to a life of crime, and I have no desire to do so. Now the struggle is discovering what to do next, something which I think about every single day but I still don't know. This is something which my family has struggled greatly with since learning of my diagnosis. And to be honest, in some ways, I wish I hadn't told them. Once they Googled it, 
they instantly came across sites and forums dedicated to the topic. All of which insist I am incapable of loving anyone but myself, and that any signs I do is only to use them and manipulate them. That frustration I have with my family soon subsides. As I know, without their help and support, I wouldn't be here. I am truly grateful to have been blessed with them. And ironically, it's that love for them that I feel every day, which lets me know what they and others think about me is simply not true. I hope you got something out of his story as much as I did, because not only does it go into the background of his life, but it ends up taking a positive turn despite his diagnosis. And he has learned to not only survive, but to thrive with having this personality disorder. So you might be wondering, well, what exactly is antisocial personality disorder? Well, according to the Mayo Clinic, it is a mental disorder in which a person consistently shows no regard for right and wrong and ignores the rights and feelings of others. People with antisocial personality disorder tend to antagonize, manipulate, and treat others harshly or with callous indifference. They show no guilt or remorse for their behavior. They often violate the law, becoming criminals. They may lie, behave violently or impulsively, and have problems with drug and alcohol use. Because of these characteristics, people with this disorder typically can't fulfill responsibilities relating to family, work, or school. So there's a long list of symptoms, and I won't read them all. I just kind of wanted to highlight the major ones that I felt were really important. The first one is having a total disregard for right and wrong, persistent lying or deceit for the sole purpose of exploiting other people, being callous, cynical, and disrespectful, using charm or wit to manipulate others for personal gain or personal pleasure repeatedly violating the rights of others through intimidation and dishonesty, impulsiveness or failure to plan ahead, hostility, irritability, agitation, aggression, or violence. And one of the biggest ones is a lack of empathy for others and lack of remorse about harming others. Now, I was interested to note that adults with antisocial personality disorder, they typically show symptoms of a conduct disorder before the age of 15. Now, the flip side of that is you cannot be diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder before the age of 18. So what causes this particular disorder. We talk about causes or risk factors in all of my episodes because, as I always say, 
you don't just wake up one day with these mental health illnesses. It's something that occurs over time. This particular disorder, the main cause is genes. Genes may make you vulnerable to developing this personality disorder, and life situations may trigger its development. And also, changes in the way the brain functions may have resulted during brain development. So what are the risk factors? There are certain factors that seem to increase the risk of developing antisocial personality disorder. A few of them are diagnosis of a childhood conduct disorder, a family history of either this illness or another personality disorder, being subjected to abuse or neglect during your childhood, an unstable, violent, or chaotic family life during childhood. Now, the biggest surprise when I was researching this disorder is men are at a greater risk of having antisocial personality disorder than women are. Now, the reason I found that fascinating is because to date, every episode I've done, women are more likely to develop that illness than men. This is the first one where statistically men are at a greater risk of developing it. So what are the complications? What are the consequences or problems that can come about from having antisocial personality disorder? It could be spousal abuse or child abuse or neglect, problems with alcohol or substance abuse, becoming incarcerated, homicidal or suicidal behavior, having other mental health disorders such as depression or anxiety, low social and economic status and or homelessness, and premature death, usually as a result of violence. Now, something else I found fascinating, according to WebMD, people with this particular disorder can be witty, charming, and fun to be around, but they can also lie and exploit others. Modern diagnostic systems consider antisocial personality disorder to include two related but not identical conditions. A psychopath is someone whose hurtful actions towards others tend to reflect calculation, manipulation, and cunning. They can also tend not to feel emotion and mimic empathy for others. It is a severe form of this illness. They can be deceptively charismatic and charming. On the flip side, sociopaths are somewhat more able to form attachments to others, but still disregard social rules. They tend to be more impulsive, haphazard, and become easily agitated. So who's at risk? Well, obviously anybody can be at risk, especially if you have other mental health illnesses. But because people with this particular disorder often break the law, a lot of inmates have antisocial personality disorder. As many as 47% of male inmates 
and 21% of female inmates have this disorder. Children and adolescents with conduct disorder are more likely to develop this illness. Now, I briefly wanted to touch on the differences between borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. Episode 12 was all about borderline. So if you're interested in that, please check out that episode. And of course, as always, let me know what you think. But I'm pointing out the differences between these two particular disorders because people can sometimes mix them up or think that they're the same. There are some things that are common between the two disorders. Both of them are considered cluster B disorders that share impulse control problems, and both tend to be manipulative types. They are both at a higher risk for substance abuse and suicide. Now, here's the main differences between these two disorders. Borderline is more common in females, whereas I said a few moments ago, antisocial is more common in males. Those with borderline tend to direct their aggression towards themselves. People with antisocial direct their aggression towards other people. Those with borderline have higher rates of depression. People with borderline are more interested in forming relationships than those with antisocial. Low self-image is more prevalent among people with borderline in comparison to people with antisocial. And last, people with antisocial have a harder time forming attachments than people who have borderline. So how does this illness and suicide correlate with one another? There have been a lot of studies and there is some information out there, but I wanted to kind of go over my findings with you. There's a book or a magazine called Comprehensive Psychiatry, and in it, it talks about suicide attempts in people who have antisocial personality disorder. And it says, previous studies that have examined suicide attempts and the diagnosis of antisocial personalities are somewhat difficult to compare because of variable diagnostic criteria. The diagnosis of antisocial personality disorder does not include past suicide attempts as a criteria. Previous investigations have revealed antisocial personality disorder or criminal behavior to be a predictor of subsequent suicide attempts. These findings of suicide attempts contrast to those of completed suicides. Sociopaths completed suicides infrequently when compared to patients with other psychiatric disorders. A follow-up study of sociopaths and non-psychiatrically ill controls reveals no difference in completed suicide. So that tells me that just because someone has antisocial personality disorder doesn't necessarily increase their risk of either attempting suicide or completing suicide, but with any mental health illness, it's definitely something to look out for. 
And if all of us just took a second to step back and look at the behavior of our loved ones or the behaviors in ourselves, I think that we would end up saving a lot of lives. I hope you enjoyed this particular episode. I know I learned a lot. I didn't know much about this disorder at all. And so please let me know what you thought about it and let me know what other personality disorders you'd like to hear about in the future. As I end this episode, I want to remind you that being different makes you special. Have a great week.